Welcome to Too Old for This Podcast, episode 12. This is part two of our Avengers Endgame review. We got a lot to get through. So without hesitation, on nerd and up nerd, let's start the show. Excelsior! Kevin, we're back. We're back. We're back with uh, part two. Um, Dude, I kind of wanted to watch this movie again before we did this, but... It's all good. I'm seeing it again Monday night, uh, so it's well, two days from now. Uh, but let's do this, anyways. Let's uh, let's let's yeah, jump yeah. into this. Word word. My uh, I'm actually I, I'm not getting a chance to see it again this weekend. My wife is actually going to see it without me tonight, and that's payback for me going to see it alone <laughs> last enough. weekend. Fair I didn't want to go see it alone last weekend, but I I felt like I had to so we could review it in time. Um, and just our schedules didn't work out. She couldn't come with me. Um. So I'm gonna be sitting. At, I'm gonna be sitting at home alone with with the kid tonight. Yeah. We're gonna have a boys' night in while while mommy goes out and sees Endgame. <laughs> uh, so this is the second weekend of of Endgame in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, today is uh, Saturday, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you, May my the friend. Fourth be with you as well. So. Um, and uh, the the current uh, total worldwide box office for Avengers Endgame is one point nine one five billion. So. So depending on how depending on how it's going to do over the weekend, we're going to see this reach like the number fourth, maybe the number third, maybe the number second of all time, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people don't think it has a chance of reaching Avatar's uh, record. Uh, Avatar is the is the top grossing film of all time at two point seven eight eight billion dollars. Uh, I my I sincerely hope I really really hope that 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 this movie can take it out because if this movie doesn't beat avatar i don't know what can true and uh it's looking good like it's going to so and with the buzz like how good this movie actually is it i think it could do it dude it seems close enough right but i don't like so many experts out there that i've been listening to and reading are saying that there's no chance so I will see. Fingers crossed. I hope the experts are wrong. Yeah. I'm tired of James Cameron holding this record. Yeah. You know what? I was happy. W- I was fine when it was Titanic. Fuck but Titanic. when he came, but when he made, <laughs> but, but uh, Titanic was fine for me because it yeah. was like it was like it was like the Britney Spears of movies for me. Like like it's fine because I like science fiction, so you can have that pop that pop culture genre. But when he made the worst science fiction movie of all time, and then that became the number one. Really, you didn't uh, like you didn't like Avatar, oh, right? Avatar is the worst. All right, see, for me, I hate Titanic, and I love time. Avatar, so. I don't have a problem with Titanic because it's not my genre, yeah. but Avatar, Avatar is my genre, and the fact that that there are so many better movies in in my genre, there yeah. are so many, fair so enough. many. Fair enough, fair enough. I agree. There are better movies than Avatar, but anyway, uh, that being said, man, yeah, no, no, I, w- I would love to see this film uh, kick Avatar's yeah. ass. For sure, so, for sure, for yeah. sure. So but, let's jump right yeah, in. Let's jump back in. Uh, we we left off with uh, with the Battle of New York. Uh, we kind of skipped a little important part. We, we skipped part. something. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, Let so, me rewind us then. Yeah, let's rewind. Scratch that shit So back. before <laughs> the mission begins, yeah. uh, we haven't seen Thor since the five-year time jump yes. in the film. So what we have is a little expedition at this point where, where the Hulk, Professor Hulk, uh, and Rocket, they go out to New Asgard. And we find out now that... Uh, the Asgardians are all here, living on Earth yep. in Norway. Uh, they, they, they've <laughs> taken they've taken some land and they've called it New Asgard, exactly yes. the way exactly the way Thor's father uh, uh, said that he wanted to do. Right. Uh, 
Um, so here we have this Norwegian fishing village, which looks nothing like Asgard. No. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, because these are all the Asgardians, but they're just like living this really humble uh, life in this fishing village yeah. in, in Norway. And so it's it's like... Asgard just barely survives, basically, is what we're taking from from learning this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we find Thor, um, um, oh, uh, we should mention, uh, and oh, I'm forgetting her name now. Valkyrie. Valkyrie, thank you. Yeah, you know, everybody wondered where Valkyrie was in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, be- I believe the Russo's, Russo brothers told us that she survived uh, the attack on, on by Thanos at the beginning of the movie, right. and so did so did Korg and and, a, and all of these other Asgardians escaped basically on on Valkyrie's ship, mm-hmm. and that's why we that's why we still have Asgardians who survived the initial attack by Thanos yeah. in Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they asked Valkyrie. Me. Valkyrie, Valkyrie warns our heroes. Uh, Thor's not going to talk to you. He doesn't come out of the house anymore. He's yeah. really messed up. He's really messed up uh, from his PTSD, from you know, from not going for the head with Thanos. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and he only comes down for supplies, and she uh, points over to to the beer pile. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Which I right. thought was uh, was uh, really funny. Right. So then we get. So then. So then they find Thor at home, and uh, it's. It, this is a really fucking funny scene for me. Yeah. Uh, Thor. Thor. Uh, it looks. He looks older. He looks fat. He's really fat, actually. Yeah. He's got a beard. Um, he's got a big long. He's got big long messy hair with braids in it. He's got a big fat beard, yeah. uh, and he's uh, he's been hiding out and getting drunk for the last five years, yeah. and he's been p- playing Fortnite with Korg. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I forget the other character's name, the little alien dude from from Ragnarok. But, yeah, I really um, can't remember. Super funny scene. Great to have Korg back as well as Valkyrie because yeah. Korg is Korg is another great character from Thor Ragnarok. Who yeah. I, I love. Voiced um, by uh, Tiki Waikiki, whatever his name is. Uh, Taika Waititi. Taika there you Waititi. Go, Waititi. <laughs> the, the great director of Thor Ragnarok, yeah, yeah. and and we're we're really looking forward to his episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, absolutely. That's right. And his uh, his take on IG eighty eight as well. By the way. Oh, is he do is he voicing IG eighty eight? That's right, that's right. I heard that. That's right, that's, that's right. right. Taika Watiti heavily involved in the Mandalorian TV yeah. series, yeah. which which we couldn't be more happier about because wow, oh. Thor Ragnarok was great. Can't wait. <laughs> Not to mention and, what we do in Shadows and the TV shows out now too, which I haven't caught yet, but it's getting great buzz. So yeah, cool. yeah. So this so this Thor is super funny. Uh, he's given up on life. Uh, he's the Big Lebowski. He looks like the Big Lebowski. They right. make a joke. They make a joke in the movie. They call him the Big Lebowski in the movie, and he's clearly modeled after the Big Lebowski, which is hilarious. Yeah. And and Chris Hemsworth does a great job. He really pulls it off. You can Chris Hemsworth has always been has always been a funny uh, guy in this Thor role, but mm-hmm. it's always kind of bugged. It's always kind of bugged me. Uh, like I always, I always felt like Thor wasn't serious enough. Um, given all the characters and all their great translations from the comics to the film, mm-hmm. I always felt like I always felt like Thor needs to be a little bit more regal, scary. I don't know, just not like cute. Chris Hemsworth looked like like a college football quarterback in a Thor cosplay to right. me in, in the beginning, right? And it was it was fun. It was fun. I got into it, but it, he. I always wanted Thor to be a little more rough around the edges, a little more like Viking, right? Um, and I feel like that's what he is now. I feel like we have that now in this movie, which is great. So anyway, so anyway, uh, you know, they obviously talk Thor into it and then 
jump ahead. We get the the time heist beginning, and we can catch up to the point where we left off at. <laughs> yes, which is um, basically Doctor Banner um, heading towards. Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, my God, I can't remember her name now. The From Sorcerer Dynasty. Supreme, the yeah. Ancient One. Yeah, there you the go. Ancient. So that's pretty much where we where we left off. Right, right. So the Hulk week, is so. the Hulk is going to look for Doctor Strange while the other two uh, look for the um, I, the um, Tesseract. At the Sanctum, um, and uh, he's going to he's going to get the Time Stone from the Sanctum because he knows that where Doctor Strange lives. Uh, so he goes there and he finds instead of Doctor Strange, he finds the Ancient <laughs> One. Yes, um, and uh, this is another one of my favorite characters from the past uh, from the Doctor Strange movie. Um, you know, sadly she died in that movie, and uh, that made me sad that we only got her for one movie. So this was this made me really happy that she was back in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it's amazing how she immediately overpowers the Hulk exactly the same way she does uh, Stephen Strange uh, in his movie. Yep. And um, and we get a little bit of a conversation between them where they explain how the time travel thing is working a little bit more. Um, and uh, it looks like maybe she's not going to give the Hulk the time jam. Obviously, it's her main job to protect the time jam. Um, and she says, look, uh, if I give this to you, I'll be giving away uh, our most powerful weapon of defense, yeah. and you'll you'll go save your timeline with it. But my timeline will be defenseless, yeah. and I'll be do I'll be dooming my timeline. So why would I give this to you? Yeah. So the Hulk promises, okay, we'll just bring it back as soon to the same point that we that we took it away from. So there'll be no danger to your timeline. Yeah. Um, and he she's like, how can I trust you? And he's like, basically, well. Uh, the reason that all this is happening is because Doctor Strange gave the time jam to Thanos. Yep. And that is enough to convince the Ancient One. Uh, because the, the Ancient One knows that uh, Doctor Strange is was prophesized to be the greatest of the Sorcerer Supreme. Yep. And basically, whatever Doctor Strange says, she believes uh, she should follow. And so she just hands the time jam up over to the Hulk and... Um, it's not a, it's not a very long scene, but it's a nice little scene, and uh, it's great great to see Tilda Swinton back, and it, w- it was great to have a moment with the ancient one again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, this and is an interesting. This is a point of contention for me, or at least a, where a point of contention begins, because um, at, I have a problem at the end with the with with them returning all the time stone, all the infinity stones. I don't feel like they have to return all the Infinity Stones. And uh, basically, Tilda Swinton gives us the impetus for that right here. Tilda Swinton basically tells the audience why they're going to return all of the Infinity Stones at the end of the movie. Um, But I kind of have a little bit of an argument with that. Like, I I understand returning it to Tilda Swinton. I understand returning the Time Gem to that that timeline. But I think think there are some timelines where you don't got to return it. And and honestly, I don't know why you would uh, to a couple of them. But... um, but that's the importance of this scene, anyway. I think. Okay. And 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 then and then we stay in New York, I believe. Uh, Actually, we go to Asgard after after oh, okay. that, that conversation. Okay. So okay. Um, Asgard with uh, Thor and uh, and Rocket, and Thor, um, yeah. they're going to get the um, um, fuck. Which stone did they get from there? Was it the Tesseract? Uh, it no. is. It is. No, the Tesseract mm, is in New York. Uh, which stone is it from? Uh, you know what? I don't remember which stone it is, but yeah. um, whatever stone it is, it's not in stone form anymore. It's in Natalie Portman. Right. Uh, 
so I don't remember the events of Thor the Dark World. Unfortunately, I should have reviewed them before I just decided to cover this. But but this I is flashing this back. This is flash flashing back to the time period of Thor the Dark World. Yeah. And so we have Natalie Portman who um, was gravely ill and was taken back to Asgard yes. to to be um, uh, 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 cured, basically. Yeah. Um, and she has. Somehow she has an Infinity Stone in her bloodstream. If I remembered the movie, I'd remember why. But um, the whole plan is... Well, she accidentally... Had, it was an accident. Like, she went she went to, like, some portal, and then it, it basically she consumed it. Um, right. And then, and then that's when uh, Thor's, like... Because, I don't know, it, 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 it had a reaction, and it, like, knocked people back. And then Thor's, like, okay, uh, I got to take her back to Asgard, basically, to fix her. Right. <clears throat> so... Okay. So they're going to they're going to find Natalie Portman at mm-hmm. Asgard, and they're going to uh, basically withdraw, like uh, extract the t- the whatever Infinity Stone it is from her bloodstream. They got to they got to make take a blood sample from her, basically. Yeah. Um, which which is a, which is a funny setup to begin with, um, and also you know we get Thor who in this in this in this in this great version of Thor with his PTSD. He's basically always emotional and goofy and drunk, um, and he's fat, so it's funny. Um, because you know, fat people are funny, right? That's that's universally true, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> right. So, sorry, um, that's like that's like a personal beef I have with pop. But um, um, the whole thing is the whole thing kind of breaks down right away, right? Because Thor gets back to Asgard and he sees his mother, and then he immediately gets super emotional, and his PTSD is still messing with him, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. And he and and he wants to go check out the wine cellar and get drunk rather than concentrate on the mission. Right. So uh, Thor and Rocket get get split up. Rocket ends up going after Natalie Portman, and uh, Thor ends up uh, in a conversation with his mother. Yes. Um, very poignant scene because Thor's mother dies uh, in, in Thor, Thor in yeah. Thor the Dark World, right? And this is the same day that his mother dies. So he wants to warn her. He wants to stop it from happening. But he's also he's been through so much, you know, from the events of Thor Ragnarok where he lost Asgard to the events of Infinity War where he lost so many people he loved and where he could have saved the universe mm-hmm. if he just if he just aimed six inches in a different direction. But that great failure, like all of that, is weighing on him so heavily, and he sees his death mother in the flesh and it's it's a very emotional moment and his mother is wonderful um you know uh she she's uh she's a mystical character much like loki she taught she taught loki how to use his magic so she immediately sees through thor she immediately knows this is not her thor this is thor from the future and she you know she's she's very empathetic and feels his pain and, and and comforts him and we get a really great scene that ends with something very important Thor raising his hand and calling Mjolnir, right. which which to me was shocking, right? Because where's the Thor of this time? And doesn't he need Mjolnir? Like, wasn't Thor using Mjolnir in the Dark World on this day? Like, mm-hmm. I want to see. I want to see where Mjolnir came from. I want to see where that timeline's Thor was in that moment right. and what he was thinking. But um, it is funny because. Um, Mjolnir comes to Thor, comes to his, uh, it's a very emotional because Thor says, I'm still worthy. Right. And after all he's been through and after his failures and, and being brought low, uh, this is a sign. This is telling us and him, okay, don't worry. He's still our hero. Right. Right. And meanwhile, we get a little, we get rocket, uh, uh, getting the, the blood sample from Natalie Portman, but 
very fascinating scene because this is just archival footage. Natalie Portman did not actually appear to film this movie. So, so we get... Uh, a scene from Thor: The Dark World where Natalie Portman's lying on a on a on a stretcher, and then she gets up and walks away. And then we get Rocket crawling around from behind the stretcher and and tiptoeing after her. But but we never really get the two of them interacting. Basically, I actually also. thought Natalie Portman uh, filmed her shit nope. for this film. No, she that. did not. She yeah. did not. She did not. And that's why I was shocked when I saw her in this film. I thought I thought they wouldn't even show her on the screen, but. Hmm. Um, they use that archival footage, and it's pretty much seamless. Like if I didn't know that, she, like like you, if I didn't know she didn't film that, then I would have thought she might have. But I looked it up, and she didn't film it. Ah, very interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there, um, so so they get so they get the blood sample. They get Mjolnir, and um, Thor does not warn his mother that she's going to die that day. Yeah. So he does not he does not change that if, that event, and we move on from there. Uh, they bamf out, and their part of the mission is complete. So now we have two soul stones, right? Yeah. We got Hulk got the time gem, and Thor got whatever stone that he was looking for there okay. uh, uh, in Asgard. <clears throat> okay, and then um, and then we flash to the planet where uh, the soul stone is. That's right. Uh, Morag? Morag. Okay. So Morag, we remember from Infinity War. Yep. This is this is where Thanos went with Gamora. Uh, and he was told by the Red Skull, who is the guardian of the Soul Stone now, yep. which is a great little which a great that's a great little storytelling piece, huh? Like uh, the whole the whole um, plot of the movie that the Red Skull was in, the Captain America movie, I forget which one it was now. Maybe it was the it first was in one. the first one. Um Okay. Uh, not what was the first one called again? The first Avenger. That's what the first called. Avenger. The first yeah. Avenger. Yes. Anyway, uh, the whole plot of that was the Red Skull was trying to possess the Soul Stone. Right. Yeah. He was trying to. He was trying to use its power. And his punishment for that was being exiled to the planet Morag mm-hmm. and becoming like eternally the guardian of the Soul Stone. This is all established in Infinity War. Yep. We saw a great scene there where Thanos had to kill Gamora to get the Soul Stone, and he does. Uh, So now we get uh, Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow, Natasha, uh, traveling there to to get the Soul Stone uh, from this alternate timeline. And uh, and we basically ha- we end up in the same situation. Uh, the Red Skull tells them, "Yeah, you can have the Soul Stone, but one of you has to die for it." Yeah. The two, I mean, convenient that they sent these two characters to get the Soul Stone because it would have to be two characters who loved each other, right? It, I don't think it would work if it was just like two Avengers who were just buddies and and didn't really have a close bond. You, the the whole deal with the Soul Stone is you have to give up something you love, yeah. and and these two characters we've seen them throughout all the Avengers movies. I've always had a I've always had a close bond and a history together from well beyond the Avengers. Yeah. So so um you know what if you were thinking clearly you probably wouldn't have sent these two together. You probably would have sent maybe one person, maybe two strangers. I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, that aside, uh, it is a pretty cool scene. Um, you know, uh, Natasha and Hawkeye, they, uh, they fight over which one of them is going to sacrifice themselves. Basically, you know, Hawkeye, uh, thinks it should be him because he's basically turned evil in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. He's become, he's become a vigilante murderer and he's, and, and he's like, I'm worthless and, uh, I should be the one to sacrifice myself. Obviously, uh, they're both heroes, so they both argue, no, it should be me, no, it should be me. And it ends up being Natasha, who kills herself, basically, yeah. 
to accomplish the mission. Well, she didn't exactly kill herself because uh, he was holding on to her or whatever, and then he couldn't hold on anymore. So technically, he had to let her go. Yeah, he had right. to let her go. Right. The, the same way Thanos mm-hmm. had to had to let Gamora go. Well, he, uh, he threw her ass over. The- <laughs> yeah, but still, he had to the let result, her. Result. The result was pretty much basically yeah. the same. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised uh, that Natasha died so early in the movie. Yeah, and, and and I felt like her death, her death really didn't have the big heavy weight that maybe it should have because it happened early in the movie. Because it's at a point where it's like, well, we're still setting up for the mission. We're not even on the real mission yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got to go get Thanos now. It's like you really want to move on at this point in the movie, and. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of Black Widow. I don't know if it might bother you how like how quickly we move past this. Uh, I'm not. Meanwhile, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Black Widow, but you know, I like the Black Widow, and she's, right. you know, what I mean, she's yeah. not the greatest thing in the Avengers or anything. But <laughs> were you surprised that? I mean, like, uh, well, <laughs> she's obviously not Tony Stark, but look at yeah. what well, look at what look at what Tony Stark gets, right? Yeah, like, I was actually expecting it to be uh, Hawkeye. I'm not gonna lie. When I was watching it for the first time, I thought for sure. Yeah, it was gonna be me Hawkeye. too. Me too. So, I was surprised. I was surprised Natasha was taken out of the taken out of the film this early. Yeah. I thought I thought they would have saved her for some girl power moments with Captain Marvel later on. And I thought the whole Hawkeye setup with Ronan was to was to set up a redemption moment right here. And it was a it threw me for a curve. And I think I liked it. Yeah. No, I have no <laughs> problem with it at all. Yeah. And um, uh, we're also forgetting about um, so uh, War Machine and uh, what's her face, um, the metal chick. Uh, I'm trying to blank. Nebula. Nebula. Thank you. Did, did um, we skip that? Yeah, they're kind of like on the same planet, whatever. And um, sh- the real Nebula, I get. Well, that timeline Nebula has like a vision of the other Nebula. Right, right, right. right. I thought stuff. I thought that scene was next. Okay, yeah, it's, it's around if, it's around the same. It's it actually takes place if I remember correctly before. Okay, right. okay, okay. So let's talk about that then. Nebula, yeah. Nebula, and War Machine. They go to the planet that we see from the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. The planet, the planet where where uh, <laughs> Star Lord uh, uh, yeah, go, goes goes to steal the Power Stone. I'm not even sure which one it was. But I yeah, think it's the Power going, Stone. Yeah, he's going to steal. Uh, yeah, anyway, so we get kind of a replay of that scene. Uh, they actually run into Peter Quill, and they knock him unconscious, <laughs> take him out of the game right away. Um, and, and they go and get the stone pretty easily. Uh, but 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 you're right. The thing that happens in this scene is we get a cool little science fiction twist here that really kind of impresses me. Because I think this is almost too clever for 90% of the audience. It's kind of too, like science fiction-y almost right um what happens here is a little it's almost a little bit difficult to explain so what happens here is nebula goes back into a path to the past where she already exists so in in this timeline there are two nebulas uh nebula uh is robotic right uh like she's got like all kinds of cybernetic parts she's mostly robot less robot than or, or more robot than organic um and somehow what happens is the old nebula, the one from this timeline, mm-hmm. and the and the and our nebula, uh, their 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 circuits in their brains, basically their computer stuff in their head, yeah. uh, connects to each other. Yeah. So the the nebula from this timeline 
all of a sudden can is is hearing the thoughts and seeing what what our nebula is seeing and so our nebula alerts the other nebula and by uh, by extension thanos of what's going on she's like i i, I don't know what's happening and and thanos runs a scan on on his nebula and sees the memories and the visions of our nebula yeah. and figure and figures everything out yeah. he's like He's like, oh, wow, I succeeded, and these people have traveled back from the future after I succeeded to stop me. He's figured, he figures out the whole plan, and he's able to figure more of it out because they have this connection to Nebula. And they're able to spy and, and download all of her memories. And, and this new Thanos from this alternate timeline from the past learns all of the events of Infinity War. Yeah. So all of a sudden... Thanos is now rebooted in our storyline. Uh, you know, he wasn't a factor until now because Thor had cut off his head. But by traveling into the past where Thanos existed again, and by not predicting this nebula twist, um, we've triggered Thor back into our th- sorry, we've triggered Thanos back into our plot. Yeah. And it's it was such a clever piece of writing. I was so impressed by this. Absolutely. This was the moment this was the moment where I was like, wow, th- okay, this is a smart movie. This is a I mean, I was already impressed by the movie, but it's smart. It's intelligent. It's yeah. a thinker. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, uh, yeah, go on. So uh, they get their stone too. So at this point, how many stones are we up to now? So we got the Hulk got his stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then who was second? Uh, mm-hmm. It was Rocket and Thor. Rocket and Thor. They, um, they, got, and their, they got their stone. Uh, War Machine. Uh, and uh, Warmer Seed and Nebula, they get their stone and they and they awaken Thanos. Yeah. Um so now, now we're uh, we got flash forward to New York again because remember right. they split up, so uh right. Captain America um Captain America, uh Tony Stark and uh Ant Man. And Ant Man, and this is basically the biggest one, right? Yeah. Because because now we're dealing with the events that happened at the at the very end of the first uh, Avengers movie, mm-hmm. and uh, these guys are stealing uh, their uh, the, tesseract. The, te- the tesseract from the whole Avengers team, basically. Yeah, yeah. And Loki, yes, um, it's it's a fun little scene. It's great to have Ant Man and Iron Man uh, and Captain America all together. You know, Ant Man adds this great new fun dynamic to it all. He's got great jokes. Uh, that's America's ass, of course, is the one that everyone's repeating right <laughs> um uh, it's it's a great scene because loki's back in it and and we get little fun moments we get a little like stuff that we didn't see at the end of the first avengers movie because uh, kind of, it's kind of like the five minutes uh, directly after they rolled they cut to credits basically mm-hmm. so if they're all just walking around you know scratching their butts and like oh what are we doing now and uh, so they're leaving the building and they're taking the elevator and there's no room for the hulk to get on and tony stark says no you gotta take the stairs dude and hulk hulk, hulk gets mad and he's complaining hate the stairs hate the stairs it's funny yeah yeah and then um, Ant Man shrinks down. He uh, goes into Tony Stark's chest. That's right. So uh, to get the to get the Tesseract back, uh, basically it's being carried in a briefcase by Tony Stark, the old timeline Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, and the plan is Ant Man shrinks down tiny, and he. Um, basically causes old Tony Stark a heart attack yeah. by cli- by climbing into his chest, 
climbing into the arc reactor in old Tony Stark's chest. Another great tie-in, right? So many, every point in this movie is a tie-in to the previous movies, right? So, of course, Tony's arc reactor, which was such a huge factor, is 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 the device that the scene is going to use, right? So, uh, the plan is Ant-Man unplugs the arc reactor to cause Tony Stark to have a heart attack yeah. and, ca- and cause basically a big distraction in the room so they can slip the briefcase out. Uh, they achieve this all only the plan goes slightly awry when when the tesseract ends up uh, sliding in front of Loki yeah. and he grabs it and bamfs out of there. Yeah. So uh, this team actually is the only team that fails in their mission. Yeah. Um, at the same time, they're getting the tesseract. Captain America is going after uh, Loki's staff. Right. Right. Which is also an infinity gem. Yes. Uh, so Captain America ends up in a fight with himself, with old Captain America in a great little fight scene, uh, which, uh, the only way Captain America is able to get an advantage over his old self is to tell him a secret that he doesn't know yet, but he's still alive. (laughs) And, uh, old Captain America gets confused for a second, gives new Captain America, uh, a moment to use Loki's staff and, uh, and knock him unconscious and, and wipe his memory, basically. Right. Um, so he gets the staff, but we don't get the Tesseract. So at the end of this uh, part of the uh, of the heist, uh, we're left with Tony, Captain America, and Ant-Man, and the staff, but no Tesseract. And they're like, we blew it. It's all screwed now. What are we going to do? Uh, Tony and Cap remember, oh, there's another time we can go back to to get the Tesseract and we can get another PIM particle there. That's right. So we can overcome the previous problem we had, which is we only had one PIM particle each. We only had one time jump each. Yeah, yeah. Captain America and Tony figure out a way around this, basically. It's even more dangerous because you know there's even more chance of failing. But um, they basically have no other choice at this point. So uh, they're like, okay, Ant-Man, you take that staff and you go back. And we're going after the Tesseract in 1970. Yeah. Which is uh, so, another great little scene. <laughs> right. No, I, I no, I just love that when um when Tony like you know bumps into his dad and all that stuff. But anyways, that, yeah, that's true. Ahead. That's true. And we get a lot of this. Like like I like I talked about before. Like this this movie Endgame is the final chapter in in all of our main Avengers uh, plot lines, right? So this is this is the final Iron Man movie. This is the final Captain America movie. This is the final Thor movie of this phase of marvel and and we each character gets their own section in this movie that is their own movie basically coming to a a, a close right so we we had all this moment with thor and his mother and now in this scene we go back to this army base in the 70s it's the army base where captain america was created i believe and it's the army base where um uh, uh, sorry, uh, Tony Stark's dad works, worked, yep. and also Hank Pym, uh, yep. worked there, worked there too. So, uh, that's where the Tesseract is, and that's where Hank Pym has some Pym particles, and that's where we go. So, Tony and Cap, they go there and they split up. Tony's going after the Tesseract, uh, Captain America's going after Pym particles. Yeah. Uh, Tony finds the te- Tesseract pretty quickly, and he also bumps into his father. Yeah. So now, so now his, he's got to like, 
first of all, he's got to just get away with the heist, right? He's not good. He's trying not to get caught stealing the Tesseract. He has it in his briefcase. He's really nervous. If anybody's going to check his briefcase, and he's going to get busted. But at the same time, he uses this as a moment to reconnect, have a little farewell moment with his father, right? Because he never really had that. He had some like some like negative feelings about his relationship with his father. We, we talked about that in previous movies. Um, and, uh, and and now Tony's a father himself, right? This this only happened in this episode in Endgame. But after the five-year time jump, Tony has a daughter now. So he's got a lot, probably a lot that he wants to share with his father, right? Yeah. When you become, when you become a, a new dad, I know this, I've just went through this, uh, you really think about your parents a lot and you really do have a lot to like talk to them about. You really, you really get a new perspective on everything that you went through as a child and, and your relationship with them. And you really have a lot to share. So this moment is really loaded with emotion. Uh, and they really play it off really well. Tony Stark doesn't break character. He doesn't get all sappy. You know, he plays it very cool. And, but he does have some great moments, right? Where, where um, his father reveals to him that, He's going home to give flowers to his mother because she's pregnant yeah. with with Tony Stark, and he's really nervous about being a father himself. Yeah. So they have so they have a great conversation about being a dad. Tony tells them, you know, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. And um, you know, he has a great line where he says, you know, I always thought my old man was too hard on me, but uh, lately I've been seeing things differently, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but um, just a great little resolution moment for tony and his dad kind of the same way thor had with his mom mm -hmm. uh, a little more poignant maybe uh tony maybe being a little more of a poignant character but uh yeah a great scene and um cap uh has uh has a funny uh a funny almost run-in with hank pym who is de-aged perfectly uh it was uh it was, it was great to see uh Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas, no, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas, sorry. Kirk, no, Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas is his father. Oh yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Michael Douglas. <laughs> but Michael looks like as old as Kirk almost now. Yeah, now and, yeah. uh, and, uh, we get like eighties, Michael Douglas in this film. We also forgot perfect, to mention Robert Redford was, uh, in the, um, in the New York scene as well. Re, uh, reprising his role. I'm sorry, who? Robert Redford. Oh, 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 that's true. Right? So, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he was reprising his role as, uh, I can't remember who he was right now, but uh, he reprised his role as well in, uh, in, the, in, in New York. Shield guy. He was a S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, right? Yeah, he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, exactly. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, it's impossible to keep track of everybody oh, so who comes much, back in this film, so right? So like, going on in this film. Um, because it so perfectly does bring back, like, the most important people from every timeline, yeah. from every previous film. Yeah. Um, you know, like like the backflip they did to get Natalie Portman in the movie, even though that Natalie Portman wouldn't show up. Yeah, you know, no, that's they, funny. it's I, it's I it still would have it still would have been unusual if she wasn't there, and you know, awesome that she was. So, yeah. um, this this film did a great job of that for sure. Um, so anyway, uh, Tony and Cap uh, succeed, and they grab the last two Infinity or well, the last Infinity Gem and the Pym Particle. They get back. Uh, so we have a reunion on the time machine pad when all of the Avengers arrive back at the same moment. Yeah. They have all of the Infinity Gems. The one thing they don't have is Natasha. Yeah. Right. So uh, following this, we do get a little brief Natasha memorial scene. Right. It's almost a few. I guess it's a funeral. They're they're by the lake and they're remembering her. 
Um, but it's brief. I'll, I'll just say that about it, right? Like, it's touching. They, they, they share their feelings. Hawkeye says it should have been me, you know, um, all of that. Uh, the Hulk throws a bench, goes really far. Um, Natasha, maybe the one weak point for me. I don't know. I, I'm, it's not a big complaint. But again, I feel like they kind of treat it lightly. I feel like they threw away the relationship between the Hulk and Natasha that w- that was so important in the last Avengers movie. Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I really, I really don't like the way that didn't get picked up again. But that's a, that's a choice that you know you can argue with director's choices and all night. I still love this film. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the things that uh, that we also forgot to mention, <laughs> when they come yeah. back, um, it's actually past uh, Nebula that comes into um, our. Current this is future. this is true. This is true. <clears throat> so, so so Thanos and they catch they catch the bat. I know it's kind of hard to explain. They catch the past <laughs> version, the the future jumping one. And yep. then they, she switches that plate on her head to make her look like the one that came yes. from the future. So it's yes. actually evil Nebula that's in our current timeline. Right. Whole scene we skipped. Yes. Uh, Thanos uses his new connection to, <clears throat> Neb- to, to Nebula yeah. to, ca- to capture her. So our Nebula is captured and she is questioned, interrogated by thanos and old timeline nebula who's still evil (laughs) and old timeline gamora who is also still evil or at least still working with thanos working for thanos right Mm -hmm. um so uh old nebula is is really really uh intensely wanting to prove to thanos that she is not going to become our nebula that she's not going to betray him that she's loyal to him uh so she hatches this plan I'm going to disguise myself as that other nebula and I'm going to go back in time. I'm, I'm going to go back to the future where she came from. And I, and then we're going to stop these people from undoing uh, the snap. Yes. So when, when you're right, when everybody arrives back in the present nebula's there, but it's not our nebula. It's nebula from the other timeline yeah. masquerading as our nebula. Yeah. No, no, but nobody knows that, but the audience at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so where we go so, from here? So now they're working on a um, basically a um, a glove, an infinity glove uh, that can harbor the stones that they collected. Important, right? important, important, important scene here because we were all curious: how are they going to get another infinity gauntlet? Yeah. Right? Are, are they going to go back to the forge where the first infinity gauntlet was made? You know. It was so difficult for for the Infinity Gauntlet to be made, right? It had to be forged at I forget the name of the great uh, the dwarf forge, um, but uh, Thanos killed all of the dwarves, mm-hmm. uh, destroyed the forge. Uh, it was it was like a big and, and he had to wait until Asgard was gone and not protecting the forge anymore to do it. Like it was really difficult for Thanos to get that infinity gauntlet. Right. And in this movie, somehow Tony Stark just has the ability to make an infinity gauntlet out of Stark tech. And this bugged me. Yeah. Uh, like if Thanos had so much trouble making an infinity gauntlet, if, if the whole dwarven race had to die for the first infinity gauntlet, 
how do we get the second Infinity Gauntlet so easily? Like, right. especially when there's stuff like in this film, there's a line like Nebula says to Tony Stark, "You're only a genius on this planet." You know that, right? right. Like these these guys have this alien technology on a level that's nothing like. It's supposed to be way ahead of anything even Tony has thought of or or designed, but 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 we don't do that. We don't stick to that in this film. In this film, Tony Stark tech is good enough to make an Infinity Gauntlet, and they don't even describe it. They don't discuss it. They just show it. They just show here's the new Infinity Gauntlet, and it looks like Iron Man's Gauntlet. Yeah, basically, right? Yeah. Um. So well, okay. I okay. When it, when we assume, I, okay, so they don't really discuss it. If I remember correctly, they don't really go into like how it was made. But no, wouldn't it not be at the all. same? Wouldn't it be the same steel as um, as like uh, what's his face's uh, shield, Captain America's shield? Vibranium? No, yeah, vibranium, I don't think that's so. I, I, don't, I don't think so because there's a very limited amount of bi- vibranium available, okay. uh, unless unless they got some from Wakanda. But I I think it's, it's that nanotech, right? Like in Infinity War, uh, Tony Stark in, in, introduced his new nanotech suit, which basically was almost like a like a Terminator T one thousand, right? Right. It was like liquid metal, like it, it could form itself into any shape, almost, right? Okay. Um, so. I think that's very important to the ending of this movie. I think at this moment when we saw the Tony Stark gauntlet was the new Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. I think we as an audience should have immediately known Tony Stark is going to be the one to be the hero of this movie. Right. Like Tony, like we were all wondering who's going to wear the Infinity Gauntlet, who's going to unsnap the snap, who's going to de- defeat Thanos. Um, it was kind of a twist, right? Because we get the next scene where they're deciding who's gonna who's gonna put on this new Infinity Gauntlet and who's gonna unsnap the snap. Thor wants to do it. Uh, you know, he insists he's the only one who can survive it because he's the most powerful Avenger. Yeah. Uh, but they stop him, uh, and 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 the Hulk makes this little this little monologue about how it has to be me because. For some reason, the Infinity Stones give off gamma radiation. This is something we never heard before. Um, but, uh, you know, the gamma radiation is the Hulk's whole thing. So the Hulk's like, I, it's like I was made for this. I got to do it. Right? So it's this scary moment. Uh, we saw earlier in the movie that the Infinity Gauntlet, when Thanos used it last, it almost killed him. Yeah. And and we and we know that Thanos is much stronger than the Hulk from Infinity War. Yeah. So so as an audience at this moment we're like, wow, this could really kill the Hulk, uh, and we're very scared about it. So we get this kind of this scene surprised me, right? Like I, I was expecting the drama of the scene where the where one of our heroes tries to put on the Infinity Gauntlet to be like bigger and more epic than this, but it felt like kind of like a I don't know, like a, it was like a chill scene. It's like, it's taking place in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody's just kind of standing around, just like talking, you know, like this. Oh, you're going to put it on? No, I'm going to put it on. You know, like, um, and then the host's like, oh, okay, I'll try it. We'll see what happens. Let's okay, Mikey. Let's put it. Mikey will put on right, anything. Yeah. Right. And then, and then the Hulk puts it on. It's kind of a slow scene, I guess is what I want to say. I don't know. Um, but, but, um, you know, definitely very fascinating. So the Hulk puts on the gauntlet, um, the gauntlet looks like it's hurting. It's hurting him. You know, we see the damage spreading up his arm and up to his face, the same way we saw it on Thanos in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And and we're like, oh my god, it's all gonna, it's all gonna die, it's all gonna die. And uh, the, you know, they give us a minute of this of the Hulk looking scared and worried and like he might be getting hurt, and then he snaps right, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, whips the glove off and collapses. 
uh, and then, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Meanwhile, what happened? Did the staff work? We don't know. But Hawkeye's cell phone starts ringing. And we see the face of it, and it's his wife calling him. So that's all we get. That tells us that the snap worked. The unsnap worked, I mean. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, while this was all going on, we also cut away to Evil Nebula, who turns on the time machine and opens portals to bring Thanos and and his forces yeah. to the future. A lot of people have had have had issues with this. Like Thanos only had one pin particle because he stole the pin particle from our nebula in the past. Uh, how did he bring all of these forces from his timeline to our timeline? Because there was only supposed to be one pin particle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Russo brothers actually did an interview after the movie and explained that uh, Thanos had his scientists recreate the pim particles and reproduce them and make him thousands of them ah, okay. uh so so there you go if you're wondering about that um so at the same time uh, uh thanos uh, as the snap was happening thanos was arriving and he uh his ship arrives in the atmosphere above the, the avengers base and he rains down fire and blows oh, up the avengers base. yeah in this moment, before be- before our heroes have even discovered if the snap worked or not, yeah. uh, well, Hawkeye kind of knows because he saw his phone. But yeah. but we didn't even register if everybody's back yet or not. Thanos attacks. Avengers base is destroyed. Everybody who's inside it is buried under the rubble. Fuck and the Avengers. They're, they're off. They're all again. Fucked up. Again. They're all fucked up. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to speed through the rest of the, the events here yeah, because yeah. we don't we don't have time. Yeah, um, uh, but basically, um, you know, we get some Avengers are trapped underneath the base. We get Hawkeye down there. Yeah. We get uh, Rocket is down there, um, and 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 we get uh, I believe War Machine's down there or War Machine, yep. Uh, and and we get we get ant-man has to go down and rescue them because they're basically all buried under rubble and they're going to be crushed and they're going to drown. Um, uh, Hawkeye, uh, is being chased by, uh, the, the alien soldiers that Thanos has, whose names I forget. And Hawkeye has the infinity gauntlet. So the infinity gauntlet becomes a football in which is what now the final battle is happening. Now, uh, Thanos and his forces are attacking and, trying to get the infinity gauntlet Thanos is going to redo the snap if he gets it. Um, and so we're just trying to keep it away from him. Basically Ant-Man, uh, shrinks down, goes down underground, uh, to rescue our other heroes. While our three main heroes, Captain America, Iron Man and Thor, the, the three mains of the Avengers face off against Thanos. Who's now just sitting out, outside the Avengers base uh, with his sword stuck in the ground, just waiting for them to show up and fight him. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cool moment. Uh, Thor, who's just basically been goofy and emotional this whole time, gets his first like kind of badass moment. He, you know, he sees Thanos there. He's like, okay, we're going to kill him properly this time. Uh, He lightnings up. He calls both of his hammers. Stormbreaker and Mjolnir, one in each hand. 
and 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 he attacks, and all three of our heroes attack. We get a little a little a little fight between between our three heroes and Thanos. Thanos basically easily fights all three of them off. He doesn't have the Affinity Gauntlet now. It's just regular Thanos, but he is so powerful, as we saw in the first movie when he beat the crap out of the Hulk. The whole point of that scene, basically, just to show you that nobody can beat Thanos in a straight-up fight, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, He's way too powerful. So uh, we get a great fight here, but the important parts of it are, I'll jump to, um, Thanos is getting the upper hand on Thor. It looks like he's going to kill Thor. He's about to to bury Stormbreaker in Thor's chest. And suddenly, out of nowhere, somehow, Thanos gets hit in the back of the head by Mjolnir. Who threw Mjolnir? We don't know. Turn around. It's Captain America. Captain America is wielding Mjolnir. The biggest most awesome moment of this film for me i i did not see this coming i was not looking for this plot line to ever be picked up again who can who can lift mjolnir and who can't yeah. uh you know something from uh age of ultron where they had the scene where everybody tried and nobody could yeah. and thor looks surprised that captain america couldn't because if captain america isn't worthy who the hell is right yeah. uh well it turns out captain america is worthy Mjolnir was just waiting for its moments, I guess. Um, but we get this awesome moment where Captain America wielding Mjolnir and his new shield, because Tony Stark gave him a new shield in this movie, uh, fights Thanos and kicks the shit out of him, basically, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't remember how Thanos ends up getting the upper hand. Eventually he does. But there's a minute here where Captain America has just an amazing time beating the shit out of Thanos with his, with his shield and Mjolnir. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, uh, this is, there's a point. Uh, I mean, so much goes on in this battle, including the Infinity Gauntlet being passed from character to character. It goes from Hawkeye to Spider-Man. Spider-Man has it for a long time uh, because I'm sorry I jumped ahead here. Um, after Thanos beats down Captain America and it looks like he's going to win, mm-hmm. we get the big, big moment of this film where all of our dead characters return, right? Yeah. And it's re- it's really touching. Uh, you know, Captain America is alone, and he's ready to fight Thanos by himself to the death. Thanos has called all of his army. They're all arriving. Uh, there's, like, millions of Thanos soldiers coming at him. He's standing there alone, and he hears over his earpiece, he hears uh, Falcon, yeah. Uh, giving his great line from the beginning of the, I think it's the second Captain Captain America movie, uh, Captain on your left, and uh, this tells us, oh my God, Falcon's back. What what? And then we see Doctor Strange portals opening up, giant Doctor Strange portals opening up, yeah. and all all at once, every superhero from the MCU appears on screen at the same time mm-hmm. in the mo- the most epic like on-screen superhero mural you've ever seen. Well, we got we got to give respect where respect is due. First comes out uh Black Panther with uh his sister and um and I, I can't remember the other one's name. But that moment alone was just like you're like in your head you're like fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. that's when everyone starts to appear. That's right. <clears throat> but yeah, he's the first. He's in, the first. In, including including Spider Man, right? Yeah. Oh, so that so, so now so now we're getting the football game. I got we're getting the football game basically with the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
And um, guess who shows up? Finally, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Captain Marvel appears, the, the the overpowered character of the team, the new overpowered character of the team. So basically, the whole day could be saved here. We think she immediately destroys Thanos' ship, just flies through it yeah. like a hot like a hot knife through butter. You know, showing how powerful she is. And and then she immediately engages Thanos in a in a fist fight. Not immediately. She talks to Spider Man first, um, <laughs> but uh, she engages Thanos in a fight, and it looks like she's going to beat him. It looks like Thanos can't beat her. He has the Infinity Gauntlet at this point, even, and it looks like she's going to take it from him single handedly. And then we get a move that I think is a callback to Infinity War because when Thanos beat the Hulk in Infinity War, a lot of people said, oh, he had the Power Stone. He must have used the Power Stone. But then the Russo brothers said, no, he did not use the Power Stone. He beat the Hulk with his own strength. Mm -hmm. In In this moment, in order to beat Captain Marvel, in a moment that's showing you Captain Marvel is definitely stronger than the Hulk, Thanos, in order to beat her, does a move where he pops the Power Stone out of the Infinity Gauntlet into his fist and punches her in the face with it, right. which which sends her flying off miles. And that is the reason that Tony Stark has to be the hero of this moment, because Captain Marvel would have beaten Thanos. They showed us that, except Thanos, at the last second, outsmarted her and pulled this hot move with the power stone right yeah. so now it, now it's tony stark's time and this is where the payoff comes from what i was saying earlier the very moment we saw this infinity gauntlet with stark tech we should have known this was going to happening yeah. because tony tony stark now jumps on thanos has a fight with him of course it looks like he loses the fight of course it looks like Than- he's like no match for thanos thanos knocks him away easily uh, and Thanos then is getting ready to make his new snap. And in his new snap, he's not going to wipe out half of all life in the universe. In his new snap, he's going to wipe out the entire universe and create a new universe from scratch yeah. with all with all new life, with nobody who remembers the, what, the way it was before, with no one who will try to undo what he did, right? So Thanos thinks he's won. He's about to make the snap. He says his line from earlier in the movie, I am inevitable. He yeah. snaps. Nothing happens. He turns the glove around and looks at it. The Infinity Stones are gone. They're not in the glove anymore. Then we turn to Iron Man. He says his line. Thanos says, says, I am inevitable. Iron Man turns his glove around and shows he has the Infinity Gems. He has the gauntlet. He has the gems in his own Iron Man gauntlet. Because the nanotech, obviously, right? When they were having their little wrestling match, the nanotech grabbed the gems out of one gauntlet and put them in the other, right? And he says his line, I am Iron Man, snaps his fingers and wipes out Thanos and all of his forces in one move. Except somehow he was clever enough to not snap Gamora out of existence. Don't even ask me about that one. I think that's a a plot hole. But Gamora doesn't. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Anyway, so Tony Stark is the is the hero. I uh, we get basically the Hulk is the one who undoes the original snap, brings everybody back from the dead. Tony Stark has to do a second snap to defeat Thanos and all of and all of his forces at once. So mm-hmm. basically, both both of them get to be the hero, and Tony Stark Tony Stark dies. Uh, you know, and, and and that is something like I said in part one that I think I should have known. There should have been no doubt in my mind that this is how this movie was going to end. It, it's 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 completing Tony Stark's setup from his first movie, and 
And plot points along the way through all this entire series of films told us over and over again that Tony was going to be the one to defeat Thanos and save everybody from him. Yeah. Um, so when the moment happened, I was both surprised and at the same time a little bit disappointed in myself. Like, well, that, I, that should have been obvious. Yeah, definitely should have known from when uh, Doctor Strange sacrificed the stone uh, to save Tony's life. Right, right. That that to me was definitely the the uh, it should have been obvious then, but yeah. you know what? It was so well done that it's it's almost like it was you amazing, see it right? Yeah, you know I mean, so it was amazing, right? Like yeah. if you haven't if you haven't seen this film, go see it. Like do like even though I've spoiled it for you, <laughs> I don't know why you would have listened to this uh, <laughs> without but, watching um, it first, of course. But but it is so great, and if you miss it on the big screen, you're really going to be missing out. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're out of time. We got to cut this off. And there's a lot more we could talk about. There's the funeral of Tony Stark, yeah. where all, all of our all of our favorite characters appear. Everyone. It's it's super touching. Even the moment the, with it, even the kid moment, from Iron Man two. Uh, that's right. Oh, sorry, Iron Man three. I mean, sorry. That's right. Beautiful, touching moment with yeah. Tony Stark's daughter and Happy, where Happy says she, where she, where his daughter Morgan says she wants a cheeseburger, and Happy says, "I'm going to get you all the cheeseburgers you want." Yeah. Really touching, really emotional, tearjerker, um, and 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 this amazing, amazing like uh, this, this story was so epic, such a journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's an achievement. Like I said, it's this has never been done before. Yeah. In the history of film, this is an achievement in storytelling never before achieved. I don't know if it'll ever happen again. Hopefully, Marvel will keep this up, and this will just be the way that comic book films are made from now on. Yeah. Fingers crossed, yeah. uh, because, because wow, what a ride, right? Yeah. Uh, Thor makes um, Valkyrie the new king of Asgard or queen of Asgard. Queen of Asgard, that's right. Um, right. And, and, and he's joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. And he joins he's, the he's, Guardians he's, of the Galaxy. He's renamed them the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He has a really funny scene with Peter Quill, who's the leader. Of course you're the leader. We all know that. And everybody's laughing. Uh, and Peter Quill looking for Gamora because now we have Gamora from the past in this timeline. And and somehow she didn't die, like I said, when Tony snapped all of all of the people from the past out of existence. But whatever. Overlook that. Uh, the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie obviously is going to have Peter Quill searching for Gamora again. Their relationship is set to zero. I bet you there's going to be a. I bet you there's going to be a love triangle. I'm going to predict this now. Yeah. I bet you Gamora Gamora is going to be more interested in Thor than Peter Quill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but we'll see. We'll see what goes on there. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally looking forward to that though. Um, Guardians Three looks like it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm curious to see how they're going to explain that all of his friends were snapped at the same time as him. So they're all like in the same grade still, even though it's five years later. Going to be interesting. Uh, Also, the big uh, wrap up at the end. um, We can't we got to talk about real quick. Uh, Captain America. He goes back in time to replace the stones. But uh, Uh, he comes back. But he doesn't come back through the time machine. He's sitting on the bench, and we figure out that he kind of changed his own timeline. And then he That's... hands um, the the role of Captain America to the Falcon. You know what? Uh, we may have to, we may have to do another episode where I just talk about this because <laughs> you're right. You're right. At the end of the movie, I totally forgot this. Captain America goes to return all of the Infinity Gems to all of their timelines. He goes yeah. by himself, and then he doesn't return to the present like he's supposed to. He stays in the past so he can so he can uh, 
uh, go and live out his romantic uh, his go go back to Peggy Carter and yeah. have that dance with her that he promised, and then he lives the rest of his life. He has a life with her there. He marries her, and, and he has a whole life with Peggy Carter, and he grows old, and he returns back to our timeline just for this moment as an old man yeah. to give Fal- to give Falcon his shield yeah. and to dub Falcon the new Captain America, Captain America. And, and basically say that he's retired. So that so that's Captain America's finale, his ending. No, he hasn't died like Tony Stark does. He's basically just retired, and, and in this timeline old. now, he's like eighty years old in this yeah. timeline now. So, so now Falcon is Captain America, and and uh, we'll see if if we get any more of Chris Evans. Uh, he could still appear. We could have. We could have him fill in what happens to him in the past, yeah. or we could just have him as an old man in the present time, like mentoring characters. Yeah. We'll see. If, we'll see if he chooses to participate. His contract is over, so he'll have to sign a new contract to do that. Yeah. But he, but we'll see. There you go. And, anyway, uh, I, I, I really do. I really do got to wrap it up. I don't want right. to give my score. I want to give my score. This is a ten out of ten. I'm sorry. I've never given a ten out of ten before. I hate yeah. giving ten out of tens. You'll probably never hear me give a ten out of ten again. But but uh, eleven years of films, twenty three films. Like I can't. And and it's such a great, perfect movie. I can't give it any less. Ten yeah. out of ten. Yeah. No, I'm 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 up there with you, dude. Yeah. This was a great film. Absolutely. All right. Enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to enjoying it again in two more days. But Janet, what do you think? Um, That's the end. That's right, Janet. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I gotta go. Uh, right, I, I gotta. I gotta go watch Lucas, my kid, while my All wife right. goes and watches Endgame without me. All right, uh, no problem. So that's a big. <laughs> and we that's are right, out. Done on Endgame. <laughs> All right, my brother. Thank you for listening. To you all for this podcast episode twelve. As always, my name is Jeremy Dub, and this is my partner Kevin. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening and enjoy Endgame. Get out there, go to the theater, watch this movie. Watch it. Peace out, my brother. On nerd and up nerd. To the theater to watch Endgame. <laughs> <laughs>